When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Why, hello there, News Talk 550, KTSA, it's 7 minutes after 9. I'm Sean, this is my dumb little show, and the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Um, well, once again, we, we have an example of uh, a, a major Democrat uh, being guilty of the very thing that, uh, allegedly, <laughs> being guilty of the very same thing that they that they claim uh, other folks are guilty of, which tends to be the M.O. of, uh, of high-dollar, uh, high-up-the-food-chain Democrats uh, these days. And I'm talking about Joe Biden, who once infamously, infamously uh, called Donald Trump irresponsible uh, for this Mar-a-Lago thing, and he had, you know, was he selling this information to Russia, to our enemies? And uh, as you know, the Mar-a-Lago investigation produced nothing uh, untoward as far as Donald Trump. Um, they went through his wife's underwear drawer. They took out a bunch of documents. And they put them on the floor and they took pictures. Donald Trump had, had co-op, uh, cooperated with the FBI and everyone involved uh in these documents in these boxes at Mar-a-Lago from day one. In other words, Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong. Moreover, Donald Trump was the president, which means he does have the legal authority to declassify certain documents if he so chooses. Which I, I even then I don't think he did that at all. A lot of the coverage you're hearing of the Biden thing, which we'll get into, uh from ABC, from the networks, from everybody else, if you've noticed, half of all these stories are about Donald Trump. And what we have here is at something called the Penn Biden Center. It's it's quote unquote a think tank, and uh, a think tank is one of the most meaningless labels you can attach to anything. There are uh, true think tanks like the Heritage Foundation, where people uh, who are extremely literate and educated and, and intellectual and deep thinking, sit around and, well, yeah, come up with policy. It's what they do. The the think tank that is the Penn-Biden Center is basically a glorified broom closet. Uh, it's an office, said Biden, spent some time there, here and there, when he was vice president. It's not far from Capitol Hill. And as I didn't know this, but Trey pointed this out. He gets paid about a million bucks uh, a year for this think, quote unquote think tank, where I suspect no one's doing any real thinking. And Biden's own attorneys, his own lawyers, on November second, found about ten classified documents locked up in a room at the Penn Biden Center at the uh, that's attached to the University of Pennsylvania. Um, we're not, uh, expecting any FBI raids on, uh, Biden's home in Rehoboth beach. Uh, we're, you know, and, and what, what makes this even dip more different or, or a little different, uh, legally is that, uh, the vice, he would have had to have stashed these things. He would have had these things since he was vice president. These are Obama era documents. The vice president does not have the legal authority that the president does to declassify documents. Not to mention, uh, China, for some odd reason, uh, has a real affinity for the UAP. They they pumped about fifty five million dollars into that campus. Uh, you can't uh, give money directly to uh, something like a presidential think tank. But you can sure as hell launder it through the campus uh, via a general donation. 
and one has to wonder, why would China be interested in the University of Pennsylvania? So there's a lot of shadiness going on here uh, that I believe is uh, more than likely illegal, and nothing's going to (laughs) happen. I hate to be so cynical, but Biden was asked about this in Mexico City, and and he just kind of gave his little half-assed, you know, smirk that, you know, hey, you know what, champ? <laughs> no, I'm not, no one's going to touch me on that one. Just kind of laugh. <laughs> Didn't say anything. Just, yeah. Because <laughs> you know what? Nothing's going to happen to him. I'm trying to figure out who it is. Uh, I think it was, was it McCarthy? Kevin McCarthy had said that, uh, or, or Chip, Chip, I'm not sure. It was somebody said within the past 24 hours that there's very obviously a two-tier justice system uh, there's the justice system that people like Biden live under uh, or who make up as they go along and they don't Hillary Clinton is is guilty of, of so many different violations as far as holding on to classified material whether there's their documents, their computer files or their emails uh, she should be, she should be in jail for the rest of her life. Uh, she she would have been arrested for one of those emails, and nothing happened to her, and nothing's going to happen to Joe. This is the swamp. Can you smell the stink and the reek of the methane? You could probably also smell some hot and sour soup because the Chinese are, are funding all this stuff. So um, um, in your whiff of methane from the gurglings of the swamp, yeah, you you, you may smell some hoisin sauce on occasion, just saying. Just saying. Uh, So how do you feel as an American citizen knowing uh, that the sitting president is actually guilty of what they impeached and tried to uh, uh, incarcerate or uh, indict Donald Trump over and found no cause and found no evidence? But Biden appears to be actually allegedly guilty of this stuff. How does that make you feel? If you're a Democrat, are uh, are you cool with this? I know we got some self-loathing Democrats that check out this gig on occasion. Are you happy with this? Does this make you, are you cool with this? we got to talk about it today because uh, I'm expecting this story to go away really, really quickly. And be replaced by, you know, and I'll get into this, you know, our racist gas stove, ov- uh, gas stove ovens, our gas ovens, whatever you call them, gas stoves, gas ovens. The use of gas is racist. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about how racist football is and violent towards black men. These are the things that people in liberal think tanks sit around and scratch their asses over while they're getting paid to basically do nothing. But we got to talk about this story now because, baby, it's going away quickly. Here's Steve. Steve, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What, what do you What do you think about these this latest development here? Well, well, first of all, racism is all the Democrats have left to sell. Right. They've got nothing else to sell. But what what it what is most troubling to me, and what has been most troubling to me, I, I was unaware that presidents or people in administrations could leave the White House without the prior approval of everything that's leaving from pots and pans to top right. secret documents without the approval of, of the justice de- uh, 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 department and the thought that Kilari rotten Kilton and self-serving as she was mm. and, and uh, the administration of Iranians that were in the Barack Hussein Obama administration all being able to just leave the right. White House with whatever they wanted to pack, <laughs> that to me is very, very troubling, and it should not go on from this day forward. Yep. From now on, all presidents, I don't care if it's the president, on down, everybody who's leaving the White House should have their luggage checked. I agree. I got to run, Steve. I appreciate the call. I mean, it's, it's, it is interesting to note that his own lawyers found these documents, but they didn't find, they didn't tell anyone this didn't become public knowledge until way after the midterm elections. Also, one more note, then we'll take a break. Uh, you probably should know that uh, the director 
of the Penn Biden Center uh, when it first opened uh, was, in fact, Anthony Blinken, who is now your Secretary of State. Uh, 210-599-5555. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. <laughs> Talking about how a bunch of classified documents from the uh, from Joe Biden's vice presidential days made their way into a alleged think tank called the Penn Biden Center. He's getting a lot of money from the University of Penn, uh, University of Pennsylvania. China also gives him a lot of money. He's guilty of what we uh, what they claim Donald Trump was guilty of. What say you? Here's John. John, how are you? Hey, Mr. Rima. I think both things can be true. I think Trump should be held accountable for holding classified documents. And I also think that Biden should be held accountable. I, I don't think we should have two-tiered justice. Members of the military that have made much smaller mistakes have been discharged, even imprisoned. Right. So... I, I don't think that powerful people or politically connected people or even the president should ever be exempted from the law. If anything, if you're going to hold different standards, they should be held to a much higher standard because they're leaders. Or Well, I, I agree, but I mean, I think what we're learning, and it's not just with our political folks or political leaders, it's also with folks who are elites in, in uh, the entertainment world and our, our celebrity class, in that there does appear to be a different justice that they have to live through than the rest of us do. Um, as far as Donald Trump, I, I, they've done all the investigating. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think they have anything on him. Uh, that I think if they did have something illegal on Donald Trump, we would have seen seen that by now. Uh, but you're right. I think Donald Trump and any other president should be held to the same standard. But, John, do you think that Biden's going to suffer anything because of this? Do you think anybody's going to do, I mean, maybe Chip and the Freedom Caucus might be able to do an investigation into this. But uh, uh, do you get the feeling that anything serious is going to happen as a result of this? Right after Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny come down from my tea party, sure, I think something will happen. <laughs> right. Um, no, honestly, the Biden controls the DOJ. Yeah. Rightfully so. He is the elected president. Sure. How he got there is up for debate. Uh-huh. The, the House can investigate all they want. It, it, they don't have a police force. Right. Well, I, I appreciate the call, man. So I, uh, well, I, and I, I, I just think they're so protected, uh, guys like Biden. And he's always been protected. He runs a criminal orga- criminal organization, in my opinion. Uh, here's Lee. Lee, how you doing? Yeah, just it's, they're not the same. Trump was the president. The president can declassify anything right. he wants. The vice president cannot. Biden was vice president, not president. Right. Well, and I, again, uh, not only does Biden tend to be guilty of the things that he accuses other people of doing, he tends to be more guilty of it than what he accuses other people of being. So, you know, and I appreciate the call. I just, I keep keep your eyes on this one. It's going to go away fast, man. They want to get rid of this quick. And that's why I think when he was asked about it yesterday in Mexico City, he just kind of kind of gave that stupid little smirk of his. <laughs> Ew, that just gives me the creeps. Uh, before we break, uh, very sad news. Uh, Lynette Hardaway, who was Diamond of Diamond and Silk, passed away yesterday at the age of 51. This was confirmed by her sister's official Twitter account. Of course, her sister, they, they were diamond, diamonds and silk, diamond and silk. Uh, came to prominence, both from, from North Carolina, came to uh, prominence during the Trump era. There were a couple of saucy black chicks <laughs> who would do these videos uh, while sipping wine and would talk smack about Democrats and, and, and talk up Trump. And it was, it was great. Because they were funny as hell. So I need to look this up. It's worth my time. You've never seen Diamond and Silk? No, I haven't. You have to look up their videos, yes. Okay. It's I, I don't know a lot about them, but they started off just with these little videos they did. And Lynette Hardaway was the one, was kind of the lead who did most of the talking. Mm-hmm. And then her sister, who would sip wine, 
while they're doing this would kind of add in and, mm-hmm. and they back and forth and it was brilliant and they started off started off doing their own videos and eventually Mike Lindell uh, I think oh, actually really? produced uh, the the either the show or the podcast that they ended ended up doing and they were just freaking brilliant because I mean it, you know how antithetical to to a Democrat and their agenda can you be than a saucy black chick talking smack about Democrats and and talking up Donald Trump? That makes their little heads explode. Yeah, it's like holy water on on <laughs> Linda Blair. You know what I mean? It's 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 it burns. And she passed. We don't know what ha- she. I know that they had, they had told us before that she had had some illness, but they've never shared what the illness is. Uh, it is sad because 51, you know, when you get to be our age, is is young. You realize how how young that is, uh, and and they were just very cool. If you've never seen the videos, you got to look them up. YouTube, they'll be yeah. there. Oh, okay. oh yeah. If I'm diamond and silk, yeah, if I haven't seen it, then I'm sure some others haven't either. But yeah, I'll look it up. Look them up on YouTube. But they they were huge during the Trump era and and uh, uh, became celebrities. And they were just a couple of a couple of women from from North Carolina who just started doing these videos. Well, rest in peace. Darling. Rest in peace. Anywhere, Anywhere anytime. anytime, and it's just wherever you need it, you can just go online and get it. Get the Sean Ryman Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah, News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one nine thirty nine. I'm Sean. You know, just to lighten the load, lighten the mood here a little. The Babylon Bee just cracks me up, man. What a great job that would be, just to sit around and write this weird, happy, funny crap. You know what I mean? Just making fun of liberal idiots. The Babylon Bee, gridlock. Couple on 15th round of voting where to go for dinner. (laughs) Clayton, Missouri. An exhausted local couple has entered their 15th round of voting, the results of which will determine where they go for dinner. Kevin Ryan, 32, has reportedly been vying for a meal at Galactic Fried Chicken, and his wife, Nancy, 34, has voted for a different restaurant every round, as she is female and never knows what she wants. The couple has been unable to eat since Friday. (laughs) I think I will have clinched it this time, said Ryan. I've offered her a spa basket, flowers, and even a role on the Agriculture Committee. It's a deal she can't refuse. According to sources, Nancy has admitted that she was up for anything but adamantly refused Galactic Fried Chicken because one time she went there and the waitress looked at her weird and it was awkward. However, sources believe she may soon buckle under the pressure of starving to death. I'm so hungry, she cried just before the vote. <laughs> James, you're a single man. You wouldn't understand this phenomenon. of, of uh, Don Morgan and I probably. I, I, Don, I don't know how difficult this yeah, situation is for you. But, how do you uh, all do this? I don't know what it is with couples trying to just figure out where to go freaking eat. It's, it's just always an ordeal. It just really, or what to have to eat. You know, I mean, how much of your time do you do you in Georgia have that issue? Not really. Not really. No. No, I, I found a way to to keep that from happening. What, what, what have you done? Year, years of selecting the same place every time it's brought up. You just always say the same you know, place. I always say the same place, and I know what you know. Usually, See, it's someplace smart. she doesn't care about. So you always just say the same place. Yeah. Like Luby's. You know, like oh, let's go to Luby's. Well, why don't we go to Olive Garden? Not- Unlimited salad and soup and bread. <laughs> yeah, Don gets a salad. Well, he's also got the vegan thing going for him or vegetarian thing going for him. I'm just saying that sometimes for a lot of couples, see, you, you single people, you think you're so special. You can just go eat whenever you want, when, whenever you want, whatever you want. Keep going. You can spend however much you want on, on your own meal and just, you know. Correct. Whereas the rest of us, you know, there's a bit of a process involved. That's all I'm saying. And the other this thing is, I... This is how we, you learn about each other. Well, and haven't you... One thing I've noticed... Is that as a married man, the older uh, we, that I get and we get, the more I realize, because we've been together almost 10 years now. Can you believe that happy crap? 10 years. And the older I get, I think a lot, maybe a lot of couples suffer this or, or experience this, and that the three topics that you spend the most time discussing are what to eat, your latest visit to the bathroom, and sleeping. I mean, you know, like these three, or, or, or your aches and pains. Yeah. 
my wife and I talk about our mutual aches and pains a lot. And we talk about going to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> well, you guys are a laugh a minute. We, we do. We, we discuss this at length. Actually, what to eat is kind of last on the list. <laughs> because I, I do have, you know, stepkids living there, and they very often are the deciding factor on what, what we'll eat. All right? But talking about our aches and pains and going to the bathroom, that is, that, that we spend a lot of time talking about that. It's strange. But what you eat uh, eventually determines bathroom. Your experience in the bathroom. Yeah, it's yeah. all relative. It's all relative. Yeah. Did, you, did you folks know that? That what you eat kind of determines <laughs> what kind of an experience you'll have at the, in the bathroom? Isn't this a fun show? You just really didn't expect to hear that, did you? Let's get some curry. Let's get some curry and have some fun in the bathroom. It's one of the reasons I don't want my wife to eat curry. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. I'm just, you know... One's yeah, enough. I'm saying she's a little lactose intolerant. I'm sure most she curry you has about some that. has some coconut milk going in it yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Or some kind of dairy product. And you know, I'm just yeah. saying that that you know. How did God create such a beautiful, beautiful woman, like a like a gorgeous flower that just on occasion emits. One of the most noxious smells you'll ever experience in your life because of the lactose intolerance. I'm just saying. It's normal. Don, are you, this is awkward for you? I'm just saying that. It's not awkward for me. <laughs> I'm worried about your well-being after saying the show is she's done. She's got some lactose intolerance going. You now, know, you've, and... you've talked about this before, and I know for a fact that she's not fond of you discussing this. Well, she's probably still asleep at this point. Yeah. But, man, when it happens, no, there's no noise. Oh, no. There's no noise, dude. Like an, it's just like you sitting there going, what, what, what? what? It's like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. What did you do? It's a propane, oh, God. It's a propane leak. Oh, what the hell did you eat? Oh, my God. I'm calling a lawyer. What <laughs> in the hell? What crawled up inside of you and died? Oh, oh, my God. Anyway. It's not that bad. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure, Doc. Sure. You know, I was with the Secret Service in Ukraine and Poland. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> there's clay. We use similar tactics to get information from our enemies. Gas boarding. Uh, gas, gas boarding, boarding. <laughs> yes. I'll tell oh, you anything. Just make it stop. Just don't have another bowl of Captain Grudge. I'll tell you anything. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> you guys. Hey, Clay. How you doing, man? Oh, God. Well, two things. Number one, Sean, at our age, 56 this year, a uh, good trip to the bathroom can improve your whole day. Right. Uh, well, the bathroom can determine. And, well, and, you're right there, and, man. Yeah. But you know why women can never pick where they want to eat, don't you? Why? Because the last time they did, we got kicked out of the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me sound bye. Bye, man. Well, he's got a point there. Bible humor. <laughs> I'm gonna play. I'm gonna try that on my wife next time. See how that goes. Where do you want to go to eat? You make a decision. How about Applebee's? Remember the apple? Sorry. <laughs> Talk to any snakes today? All right. <laughs> That's really what happened. Once uh, we uh, we ate of the tree of life in the garden, right? Uh, that's, uh, that's when God gave women lactose intolerance. That's one of the things that happened. You shall be, it'll really hurt when you bear children, mm-hmm. and Adam's really not going to like it when you're you're drinking some goat milk. It's really going to be a long night for him. All right, uh, two gonna, one zero. It's going to be a long night for you <laughs> on the couch at Jimmy's house. <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm just thinking of Adam and Eve. Oh, man. oh God, why have you forsaken me? Where's the Febreze? Takes off his fig leaf, starts waving it around oh, like this. Oh, man. <laughs> you stay away from that snake guy. Oh, this sucks. All right, sorry. Let's take a break. <laughs> It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. (laughs) 
at the top of the hour. We'll keep on top of the news. Better understand what's going on. And that's really what's happening here. On News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, man. <laughs> News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. My wife texted me during the break. But I think I'm cool because she just woke up. She's like, hey. Smiley face. You know, so a little emoji. So, I mean, she probably didn't hear the last segment. That's probably good. Yeah. Well, I need you to probably good. To just fill in for me at 10, 1030. So Why I is this? Home. I have to go home and get all of the books that you've authored and have you sign them. <laughs> because after she kills you. They're going to be worth a lot of money. No, I didn't say anything that she. No, we didn't. No, she's listening right now. No, I'm going to text her right now. No. Um. Did you know that (laughs) gas stoves? Oh man! Which I try to keep my wife away from. Gas stoves are racist. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission uh, wants the Biden administration to. Ban gas stoves and uh, and all uh, appliances that would use gas uh, because they're 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 harmful to black people and Hispanic people. In other words, gas stoves are racist. Tell that to my wife next time she's she's heating up a tortilla on the on the stove there. Because that's the only impact I've ever seen on Hispanics. It's a cumulative burden. Their words on black, Latino, and low. Aren't you For Okay, first off, all right, they want everybody doing electric. They want your car to be freaking electric. They want your freaking stove to be electric. They want your heat source to be electric. And do you know why? It's not because they're saving the earth. It sure as hell ain't got nothing to, nothing to do with blacks and Hispanics. They want to own the energy industry in America. That's what this is all about. They want to own it, whether it's electric, however you get it. They want to, look. If we're all on electric power one way or the other, then the, and the government owns uh, all of the uh, electricity production, if you will, in this country, then they can they they control your ass, and that's what it, they want to own. First off, they want the money flow. They want the money river from U.S. energy. And they want to own it. But I, I, I get I get kind of tired, and I'm sure you do, of this unrelenting accusation that of cl- either climate change or racism or both, because climate change is racist. And it's really not about any of that. Plus, there's something inherently insulting and racist about the claim, isn't there? Well, because black people and Hispanic people are poor, they more often than not have gas stoves, and that's why it's, it impacts them unfairly and it's racist. It's just like the thing that we talked about last week, like we, white people wanting to be thin, it's really about hating black people because black women are fat. These are the great intellects of, of the left in America. Here, Ronnie, Ronnie, how you doing? I did fine there, uh, sir. Yeah, what are you thinking? You, I'm thinking, uh, you're a good friend with uh, old Kiki, the Jew boy. I haven't Kiki heard nothing Friedman. out of him. He, he's too quiet. No, Kiki's, no, he's very busy. He's been very busy. I talked to him on New Year's Eve. He's uh, he's tore, He did a couple of shows in Austin. Uh, obviously, he's been working with the, with the summer camp uh, a lot year-round. That's kind of a year-round job. And yeah, he also he also did uh, some voice work for a podcast, so he he's actually been very busy. I I haven't seen yeah. him in, in a while. I haven't seen him since since November. Well, I hadn't heard nothing out of him there for a while. I don't hear nothing about tours around here. He used to do that humane society stuff. No, he's he's, he's 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 touring a lot, but he's also the, the fundraising for the camp every year takes up a lot of his time. And I wish he'd sing that El Paso song he's got. <laughs> I don't know it's if I can get away with that on the radio, but uh, I appreciate the call, man. We'll see if we can't get Kinky on the air again here soon. He's, I think he's back at the ranch finally. But no, he's he's been busy as crap. He really has. He's done. He's been doing a lot of shows. He did. A, he did, was at the Monkey Duck uh, in Houston a couple of weeks ago. Uh, was there for a few days. So he, he's he's we 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 try to get him on when we can, but he's been busy. 
Maybe I'll give him a ring when we get off the air and see if he wants to come on uh, this week. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Football is football racist. Let's, let's, uh, let's have at that when we get back. Is football racist and should football go away because it promotes violence against black men? Because that's something else that we're starting to hear now with this football player. And I, who's, thank God he's awake and he's, he seems to be doing well. But we'll talk about racist football when we get back on News Talk 550 KTSA. Sean Reimer, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Is football racist? <laughs> Is football racist? Uh, we have an article uh, written by some chick named Tracy Canada. Published in the Scientific American, she is an assistant professor of cultural anthropology. Isn't that what an archaeologist is? I'm I'm just I'm sorry I'm just throwing it out there. An assistant professor of cultural anthropology at Duke University. She writes an article called "Damar Hamlin's Collapse Highlights the Violence Black Men Experience in Football." Uh, and she uh, makes the argument that because there's more black guys on the gridiron, more black guys suffer violence, so therefore, ergo, thus, it's racist. Uh, the and, and, and let's see, plus, it's just the violence itself is normalized in the game of football. And I'm, you know me, I'm not a sports guy. I like baseball. I like to watch baseball. You know, uh, uh, but I'm not a big football guy. But I sure as hell don't think. What, what did he say? The average income is like a million bucks or something like that. Average, or NFL pro football. Uh, average salary is two point seven million. The average uh, players that have a college degree is only forty six percent, and black and uh, non-white players make up seventy one percent of the NFL. But that, of that 71%, they're all getting at least two mil. Uh, that's the average salary. The average salary. They're, they're, they're all making six figures minimum. Somebody oppress me, man. Without a degree. Oppress my ass, man. I'll, I'll take it. They're also saying, she also says that the football glorifies violence. The ordinariness of men running into each other at full speed represents a normalized, even rationalized violence that is routine to this American game. While black men, I'm sure she's a white chick. I got to look this chick up. While black men are severely underrepresented in positions of power across football organizations such as coaching and management, they are overrepresented on the gridiron. Non-white players account for 70% of the NFL, as James said. Nearly half of all Division I college football players are black. She says, coaches also uh, are racist because they segregate athletes by playing position. <laughs> well, what the hell does that mean? He calls it racial stacking. I don't get it. I, I, this lady's under 30 years old. Gotta be. Let's take a look at her. Because this is just laughable. If it was a bunch of black owners, she has no problem with it, but because they're white owners? Well, but, you know, they can't make up their minds because wasn't it didn't it used to be that they were underrepresented by the by the leagues? Keep going, right? And these yep. white now that it was these white owners are enslaving them. There's a whole rule called the Rooney Rule where you have to have to interview minorities for positions of coaching and front office. You have to. <laughs> Interesting. She doesn't address that. Let's take a look at her. And it's named after the owner. No, she's a black chick. Okay. The owner of Pittsburgh Steelers, Art Rooney, the uh, Rooney family. The Rooney family. Okay, yeah, she says that uh, violence—that uh, it's 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 racist and violent towards black men—and so I guess football needs to go. 
Uh, she says, while uh, violence has always riddled the sport. <laughs> you, like, it, like, it, the viol- like it just sort of happened. You know, it's always riddled the sport like a drive-by. <laughs> while affecting all its players, can- she argues that black pay- players are disproportionately affected. I just, you know, I'm not black, man, you know, but if I was, I'd get so sick and tired of my skin color determining everything. I am so done with this freaking argument, man. These people, okay, to be in the NFL, I I don't know anything about football, but I imagine you got to play very well, right? You got to work really hard and, like, practice and stuff, you know? You got to devote some of your life to achieving that, right? There's only, like, 1,500 people who are employed by the NFL 15, nationwide. That's nothing. So you got to be really good and you got to work really hard to get there. Whatever you end, whatever position you end up playing. Which is racial now. Well, it's ra- right. Well, it's thank, all racist. Thank God they don't have gas heaters. <laughs> In the locker rooms, right. Here's Johnny. Johnny, uh, what are you thinking? I tell you what, a lot of things I agree with that lady, what she said. Because black people are being put down, and they are putting down. We ain't nothing but a racehorse. And them white, squeaky white people up there in the top, the Jerry Jones and all the other big owners, we make good money. But one break, and we gone. And then they take you well, out. Well, I, I mean, if, if, you, if, you, if you get injured, I mean, a white guy or a black guy gets injured, they're, they're both going to be off. They're, gonna be, they're not going to be playing, right? So, but no, the white people, they end up getting to be coaches and all that. If you white, they end up, white, they end up being white. Stick around. If you're black, you get on back. That's just the way they do you, people. I, 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 it does, you don't find it insulting, some of this, that, you know, we're talking about people who, who make, you know, very good money to play this game. They know it's violent by going into it, and you're telling me that that's somehow racist. They're dropping a bucket. They're paying the pennies. It's what? They're paying the pennies. Pennies? A couple of million dollars? A couple of million bucks is nothing. It ain't nothing no more compared to what the owner's making. Well, they're they're owners. (laughs) They own the team, man. Dude, dude, if I own a store and I hire people to work in my store... The people who work in my store are never going to make as much as I do because it's my freaking store. I earn the yeah, profits. I pay them. I pay them through the profits that I'm earning. But they, that's just the way they do it. But people get so stupid. Oh, I pay two hundred dollars. I'm wearing the You're Cowboys not hearing shirt. a damn thing I'm saying, are you? You're not hearing nothing I'm saying either. I am, but you're, you're not addressing any. What? 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 I mean, you just said. They're getting paid pennies to play a game, and the owners make all this money. And I just it, it uh, described to you, well, yeah, if you're the owner of something, you're probably going to make more money than your employees. And you acted like I didn't say anything. Yeah, man, you get a bad break, you kicked off my cousin. He played in the NFL. It, he got one day back gun deal, and he was going to throw down there before you know it. Well, if you get injured and you can't play, you can't play. And there ain't, and there ain't nothing to back up for injured players. You ain't nothing what? but a slave. Oh, stop it. Good. Oh, come on. They're slaves. Look at all the whitey people showing up. Oh, God. Is this, is this a bit? Is he like trying I don't know. to do... Are you... I can't tell if he's serious or not. It sounds like the water boy just called in, Bobby <laughs> Boucher. Are you being y'all serious or are you just messing with me? That's just what y'all do. You'll make fun of people because they're black. You make fun of people because all this is. Paul Black was I'm not... How am I making fun of black thing? people? Oh yeah, yeah. How are you a Jewish? Are you? It's not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't an argument. How am I making fun of black people? The Jews they run everything. The Jews. (laughs) Oh, Kanye West. We had to bring them into it. You're Jewish. Are you Anglo? Who me? I'm a white guy, and yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm enslaved by Jews. Jewish people pass for what? It's Jewish people who run my life. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. Jew took me a lot better than white people ever did. Muhammad <laughs> Ali, he got a Jew helping him. That's enough. That's enough. Damn. <laughs> it's a little early to be hammered, Johnny. <sighs> Man. I mean, he fails to mention that the Buffalo Bills uh, petitioned the NFL to fully guarantee uh, Hamlin's contract because when he goes on injured reserve, they don't have to pay him. 
But the evil white men that own Buffalo Bills <laughs> just made sure that he gets three point seven million or yeah, something. He'll be all right if he doesn't play for a few games. If he misses a few Lord. games, but no, it's Whitey keeping the black man down by only paying him a couple of million dollars to play football. I'm so ashamed as a Caucasian all of a sudden. I think football. I think pro football players need reparations. I think that you know. I think it's about time we open our minds, you know, and and start doing the work of being good allies, as honkies, and embracing the fact that you know these these pro football players. They're like pro basketball players. They're just they're enslaved, and we need we need reparations for multi million dollar athletes who. Might have to miss a few games. I think Randy Moss summed it up best years ago mm. when he was fined by the NFL. I don't remember what the fine was for. Maybe you do, Jimmy. But he was leaving the stadium, and somebody asked him if he, you know, it was like $10,000 or something. <laughs> and, and a reporter said, did you write a check? And Randy Moss said, no, writing checks are for poor people. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> it's a fact. Got in his car and drove away. A very expensive yeah. car. Yeah, real nice one. You know, this the scourge of slavery has to end in pro sports here in America. It really does. Or I people mean, need to remember what slavery was. Perhaps might that might be the better answer. Esteban. Esteban, how you doing? All right, man. I was hearing Trey Ware talk about football and the whole thing of violence. When I ran cross country and track, and there were some times in my head. Well, I was thinking very violent thoughts because somebody made was doing made a stupid move, and they were, how should I say, weak, <laughs> helpless, and because I was smart, I was taking advantage of the situation and passing them. Hmm. And this whole thing towards effeminate man, weak people are the abusers. And, you know, I think in the name of affirmative action, we need to replace Greg Popovich with David Robinson because his first search sucked this year. There you go. All right. I concur, I think. Thank you, Esteban. 2105. See, this is where my lack of sports knowledge kind of starts manifesting itself because I, I don't know what the hell he was talking about. I know who Popovich is. It's It, it gets me so mad when they talk about this topic because uh, – the the owners provided a place for people of minorities to make a lot of money. Yeah. That's hardly slavery. I mean, my God. Michael Jordan owns an NBA franchise. <laughs> well, that's like saying, you know, when they when they you know, the slave ship would show up. You were there in the middle. Okay, I tell you what, I'm gonna I want I wanna buy you, I'm gonna give you a million, two million dollars a year to work for me. Playing chess, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of what it's like. Like, oh, that's your, is that how you define slavery now? First off, it's all voluntary, right? You, you got to sign a contract. You got to agree to do this for a living. This, the, it, but see, I, it, but th- this is the rhetoric. It, it's it, it, if 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 you really want to take down your political opponent and you're on the left, okay, you either got to invoke Hitler and the Holocaust or slavery. It's got to be one of the two. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. There's never any FOMO with the iHeartRadio app. You won't ever have to miss out on your favorite shows and contests with this radio station again. Radio 24-7, 365. We're here when you want us. Stay connected and listen anywhere when you download the free iHeartRadio app. And we're back. Uh, We were talking about uh, this idea that uh, football is is racist. Black dudes get hurt more than white dudes. Then we had a really racist guy call up and say that uh, the black dudes on the, playing pro football are slaves because Whitey makes all the money, blah, blah, blah. We're taking your calls here. Scott, Scott, how you doing? Yeah, how you doing today? Pretty good, man. What are you thinking? Well, to all these people that are on the side that this is slavery and, and this and that, I want to ask them where the owners get their money to pay these players. And that's from the fans right so what you're telling me is everybody who watches sports are racist and and support slavery and i'm not buying into it so they can just shut the hell up in my opinion no it's it's just a silly it's a silly argument it, it really is man i appreciate the call hey you know what it takes away from the the great story that is 
you know, the, 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 this recovery after dying on the field and twice, I think. Uh, and, and, you know, first he awake, he wakes up and what's the first question he asks and we win. You know, and the other thing is, and I heard Jack talking about this last night and I, I, when this first happened, because it was a week ago yesterday, you know, I, I said, wow, it's really cool that they all, nobody's kneeling, uh, or nobody's kneeling for politics, right? It was all about prayer. They all got down there. Nobody, nobody. Uh, made an announcement, hey, let's pray now. Let's got down on their knees and prayed. A lot of prayer has been going on uh, around the football world over the past week. And isn't that cool? Uh, so, But, you know, again, these days, people always got to make it. They, they always got to find some argument to justify their freaking outrage. And, frankly, their freaking racism the, you know, you, you hear it every single stinking day. When you when you attach race to every single stinking issue that you want to talk, you want to talk about. Um, you you are actually yourself being the racist in the room. You know, it's like it's like the voter ID laws. You know, black people are too stupid and lazy to get a photo ID, so that's why you shouldn't have to have a photo ID to vote. Uh, English class and much of the math, all the stuff that we teach in the public education system, much of it was developed by straight white men, and so it's racist against black people. So black people shouldn't have to learn proper English because it's racist to force them to talk that way. You see, there's an inherent racism into, into much of what comes out of the left in these kinds of stories. And uh, it, 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 there's a, a, a part of it that is virtue signaling, like, look how stinking smart I am. I'm the person who knows what's racist and what isn't. Uh, for some of these folks, it's self-aggrandizing. For this chick that wrote this article in uh, Scientific American, nobody had ever, nobody knew who the hell she was prior to this uh, controversy. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of, African-Americans and Hispanics, one of the reasons that they started started peeling off during the Trump era is a lot of them realized, hey, I'm being used. I'm being used by the left in this country. If, if somebody says to you, because of, uh, you know, by, by implication or, or straight up, says to you, well, if you uh, have a certain skin color, you should always vote Democrat. You know, wh- what exactly is not racist about that? <laughs> That a person that a, a person's skin color should determine who they freaking vote for, and if you don't freaking vote for ho- who somebody of your skin color should vote for, then you know what? You really don't have that skin color. This McDonald guy, they raked him over the coals all last week with the Speaker of the House thing. Brian McDonald, he's a black dude. Well, he's not really black. He's a pawn of white supremacists. And if you're if you're black and you vote Republican or you vote conservative, okay, it's not because you you you're actually thinking on your own. It's because you're a house slave. You're you're uh, on the plantation, and the white man is telling you what to do. And that's how black people can be white supremacists as well. These are people who pride themselves on their great intellect and education, and yet this is the crap they 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 come up with. Okay, no, I don't think football is racist. I just think it's boring. It's just not it's just something I don't watch. I'm not interested in it. I've never had much of an interest in it. Again, I'm I'm more of a baseball guy. Uh that's the only sport that I really truly enjoy watching. Uh so I, no, football isn't racist. Okay, get a hold of yourself. 210-599-5555. We'll take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Anywhere, anytime. anytime. And it's just wherever you need it, you can just go online and get it. Get the Sean Ryman Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah, man. Yeah. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. How in the hell are you? 
One of the funnier things, that, well, it's not funny, he's the president, and it's actually becoming not funny. Uh, he, he's in Mexico City yesterday. <laughs> and he's, somebody said, one of his, uh, his people says, oh, Mr. President, oh, no, over here we have the people from the Salvation Army. And there's a guy there in a Salvation Army uniform, and he goes up to him, and this is what he said. It's really hard to hear, but he, he went up, he went up to the guy and he said, "You know, I was with the Secret Service in Ukraine and Poland." So we're not really sure what's... I was with the Secret... First off, he's assuming the guy in the uniform some, has something to do with the Secret Service, we think. And secondly, we're not really quite sure what he meant by he was with the Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine. I think Joe Biden is one of those guys, and I'm sure you've known a few people like this over the course of your of your lifetime... Who, whoever they're with or around, and whoever that person is and what they do, like Joe's done it and he's done it better and more. Do you know what I mean? He's one of those guys. I can't stand that crap. Like you know, if he, uh, Mister President, uh, this is uh, Mister Jones, Doctor Jones. He's he's a heart surgeon. Oh, hey, not a joke, champ. I used to be a heart surgeon. Not a joke, you know, in Scranton when I was a kid, I was elbow deep in this guy's chest. Not a joke. I had to massage his heart with my own hand to keep him alive. Not a joke. So I feel you. You know what I mean? Like whoever he's, you know. Don Morgan, I'm sure you've known a few people like that over the years. And we've all known somebody like that. You know, no matter what it is, Biden just kind of gloms onto it, you know. <laughs> like if he, if he if he encountered a pimp. You know what I mean? Well, actually, that's not fair because he probably has worked a few prostitutes over the years. No, come on. You know, I was a pimp in Scranton for a little while. I had about nine girls. All worked for me. Scranton? Hunter did the scheduling. The last thing you want is a prostitute from Scranton. Sorry. Um, Edgy little town, man. But you know what I mean? Like, he's just, he's done it. He's been there. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. He's driven a semi truck before. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, what hasn't he done that, you know, what that he ha- has, hasn't actually done? He's just one of those guys. No matter what it is. Mm-hmm. He was actually the second string quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs in <laughs> Super Bowl one. You know, listen, champ. When I when I uh, uh, was on the gridiron at the first football game uh, in the first world, uh, first Super Bowl, Super Bowl, <laughs> and I scored the winning the winning run. Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> or what do they call it? Touchdown. When I scored the winning touchdown, <laughs> Jesus. Let me tell you something, pal. That was a feeling I'll never forget. I know you're in a hospital bed and stuff, and life kind of sucks right now. But you'll you'll get back out there. Not a joke. Not a joke. It reminds me of the time I held Rosa Parks' hand getting on the bus. <laughs> no, no, no. You sit up here, sweetheart. You sit up here with me. I like saying, the, you know, like, and I remember being on Air Force One with Abe Lincoln. I said, champ, we got to do something about this slavery thing. We just got to. We got to take care of it. It's a big blanking deal, the slavery thing. You know, these pyramids aren't going to build themselves, guys. Let's get to work. <laughs> these pyramids aren't, you know, I, I used to build pyramids uh, for the Mayans uh, before I got into the Senate. The you know, Mayans. when I, when I, <laughs> when I captained the Mayflower. <laughs> you know, I'm on the bridge. Of the, let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, I'm on the bridge of the Titanic, and I'm like, you know, there are icebergs around here. I, I, no joke. Not a joke. You don't see them coming, but there's icebergs. You know how hard I swam it is. all the way home. Well, <laughs> it's difficult flying the Enola Gay. <laughs> you don't understand, champ. <laughs> we had a job to do, okay? We were ending a war, all right? Do you know how difficult it was to round up a pair of every species on the planet, put them on a boat? <laughs> and it was raining, champ. No joke. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. Listen, smart guy. Let me ask you something. Do you know what a cubit uh, what a cubit is? I know what a cubit is. 
I okay, I went to Cubans. trade school. I, I know what a Cuban is. I built the ark. <laughs> I didn't see you there, pal. You want to do some hand? You know, you want to do some uh, push-ups? You know, he's just that guy. He's just he's done everything, and he's done it more and well, better than I you. I mean, he did the Kessler run in twelve parsecs. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, champ. You, 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 what, what is it? What did he call the pony? Uh, remember the thing, you lion pony soldier? Oh, let me tell you, lying dog face pony soldier. Let me tell you something, Skywalker, you lying dog face Jedi pony face guy. Okay? Jumping through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops, boy. You bounce too close to a star. Not a joke. Yeah, I'm serious. He's just, he is. That's what, that's what he's like. So God knows what was in his mind. Now he's talking to Canadian. He's talking to Trudeau. No, I bet that's a fascinating discussion in Mexico City. Justin Trudeau, somebody else who's full of crap. And Joe Biden talking. Hey, pal, I used to make bacon myself. You know, back bacon, you know, I do it. I strip the pig down all by myself with my teeth. Not a joke. I love bacon. I love you Canadians and your bacon. Nobody ever had bacon in Scranton, so my my pappy brought bacon. So this is Canadian bacon. Uh, yeah, I know you hate the Canadians, but eat the bacon; it's good. Yeah, it's just he's just such a weird guy, and he's he's you you take a, a guy like Joe Biden, who is a very weird dude anyway, and you add a layer of dementia, and this is what you get. This is the guy you get. You know, I was with the Secret Service in Poland and the Ukraine. <laughs> I was killing SS guys in the night, night of long knives. I was there, pal. The Salvation <laughs> Army guys, like I just ring the bell outside the mall. <laughs> Secret service. I don't. What are you talking about, Mister President? I fought with the Salvation Army in the Mexico American thing. <laughs> what with the Salvation <laughs> Army? Right there next to Teddy. He was a Republican. I rode right next to Teddy Roosevelt with the Salvation Army. It'd be funny if he was fighting the boars. <laughs> visiting, a city, visiting a city park one day, he's got an ice cream cone in one hand and sees some kids flying a kite, and he walks <sighs> up and says, I flew a kite with Ben Franklin one time. Yeah, you know, I knew Ben Franklin. Yeah. He asked fun, me if I, yeah, I had fun, a key. Not a, not a joke, funny hair, but we flew kites together. Asked me if I had a key. Asked me if I had a key. <laughs> Look, there he is talking. We're seeing a live shot now of, of Biden with Justin Trudeau. Biden looks like he's nodding off. Doesn't he? I thought he did. Trudeau looks like he's pleasuring himself there with his hand gestures. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Isn't it weird how Joe can move in slow motion? It's like you, you ever see like see one of those movie clips where you got the one person who's moving in slow motion and everybody else is at normal speed. That's yes, what Biden yes, looks like. Yes. And God knows what Justin Trudeau is ram- rambling about. It's like those running sequences on the $6 million man. It is. <laughs> and doesn't Trudeau look like he's wearing a diaper? Doesn't he look like he's somebody who should be like he's a man who still wears a diaper? He just looks like like that, like he's just got a diaper on. Justin Trudeau is probably one of the most unimpressive human beings on planet Earth. And Joe looks like he he looks like he's even boring Joe. Joe is just doesn't has no idea what the man is saying. We need to shore up this Canadian border, champ. <laughs> you know, back when I was Prime Minister of Canada. Two one zero five nine nine. So pathetic. I gotta take a break. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two DBs sitting right next to each other, right there. Two political scumbags sharing the same oxygen. Yeah, they're gonna solve our southern border crisis right there. The latest news, traffic, and weather are minutes away at the top of the hour. These are important moments, and this is news. On News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. It's Sean, Mark Lee Van Camp, and Robbins up next. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins. A couple of pickup stories. Um, first off, the Mega Millions has rolled over again. The... And you can see this on the KTSA website. Uh, it's now up to $1.1 billion. So I guess my happy ass is going to the convenience store today, and I'm going to buy me some Mega Millions tickets, man. 
So we could buy me some Mega Million tickets. It, it, how many do you buy? I buy one. You only need one. Okay, so two ain't going to make your odds any better. Nope. I just get one. So one point one billion equals three dollars lost to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could make a billion dollars last if I was, you know, careful and had a budget. This is kind of cool and unexpected from Seattle. Seattle Public Schools are suing TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Snapchat, uh, Snapchat, accusing uh, them uh, of creating a mental health crisis among America's youth. Lawsuit claims uh, that they're exploiting the addictive nature of social media and that for young people this causes anxiety, depression, uh, thoughts of self-harm, uh, and you know, and, and a lot of mental health issues. They're right. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I mean, I'm on Facebook every day, and uh, I think probably one of the worst things to, uh, you know, uh, come down the pike as far as the human race race is concerned is social media. I think it's rewiring our brains. It's changing how we think. Uh, and especially for a lot of folks who are adolescents or who are younger, you know, this basically social media is a big gurgling stew of people going, look at me, look how happy I am, look how pretty I am. And so I could see, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it was designed to be a drug, essentially uh, an emotional drug. That when you go on social media and you get likes and people share your crap and they validate you, all the pleasure centers start firing off. But uh, like any drug, it's got a downside, right? When you run out of the drug, uh, you know, you're, you're starting to feel pretty bad about yourself. I, 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 you know, if I could shut it off right now, I probably would. If, if I could turn off all social media... And I've been doing less and less. I've been, here's what I've been doing with Facepuke. When I, I have the urge to like post something really verbose or or personal, like I've been want to over the the past nine ten years, I just immediately ask myself why? <laughs> why do you want to post that? And what's going to happen if you do? And so I try to confine myself to posting either stuff about my writing or just stupid funny crap. Now, I do got to I post a bunch of news stories every day. You've probably seen this. It's part of my my intense show prep as I I, 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 I post on Facebook all of my the stories that I want to talk about, usually the night before I do this. And it just it's just easier. It's an easier way for me to access these stories uh, when I'm on the air. Uh, and then I promptly delete all the news stories every single day. So you're just you're left with the stupid crap that I just post. So I'm trying not to, I'm trying to move away from the idea that social media needs to be at the center of my existence. You know that that I think need, is the unhealthy part. I, I think people living their lives on social media is very unhealthy. Uh, and if people, uh, as grown ass adults are living their lives on social media and it's messing them up, you know, it's messing up the kids. So I was a bit surprised that this came out of Seattle, liberal Seattle, but, uh, yeah, it's a lawsuit filed in a U.S. district court suing, uh, the major social media group saying, uh, your stuff is messing up kids. And I think they're right. The lawsuit, quote, uh, quote, they have successfully exploited the vulnerable brains of youth, hooking tens of millions of students across the country into positive feedback loops of excessive use and abuse of defendant's social media platforms. Uh, complaint goes on to say the rates of w- at which children have struggled with mental health issues have climbed steadily since 2010 and by 2018 made suicide the second leading cause of death for youths. Yeah, I think social media has a, something to do with that. Again, it, it was designed to be addictive. Uh, it was designed to separate you and me from our personal information. Uh, and I, I think what's really insidious about social media, and again, I'm on Facebook. It's all I do is Facebook. 
the most insidious thing uh, is uh, again, it's it's it, 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 we're we're not really in our lives. We're not really living. We're living our lives through social media instead of actually being in our actual freaking existences. And you look at, and Trey and I bring this up on Where and Rhyme all the time, and I, we both found this out years ago, that you look at the people who design social media, they don't let their own kids mess with it. They don't let their own kids on, on social media. They themselves do not go on social media. The problem is the genie's already out of the bottle, so I don't know how you, uh, I think people as individuals need to make the choice for their own mental health and sanity to pull back on it, if not quit it altogether. The happiest people I know right now, and I know three of them, are not on social media, and they don't miss it at all. And I admire them. Uh, Anyway, uh, we're going to be getting out of here. Uh, I get a lot of emails. I I fail to mention this on a regular basis, but I get a lot of emails. If you want to email me, I do read most of my emails. I don't respond to all of them, but uh, you can email me at sean at ktsa.com. Thanks to James and... Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Don Morgan, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye.